0: One, two, three, four, get my shoes and out the door. Five, I'm alive, six, seven, eight, feeling great.
1: I'm gonna shine, life is good. I'm doing fine, and gonna do it right and do it again. Yeah, I look into the sky with all the beautiful color, but there's more than just for me. So, gonna share it with another. I got to show, to give, let out, I want to sing and shout, take a look and see a beautiful morning. Good turns- day, and welcome to Lingerie Lowdown. You are with your host, Alexandra McHugh. And I'm going to be taking you through an amazing podcast today where we meet an absolutely inspirational character. Her name is Galina. Galina, I'm going to try and pronounce your, your last name properly now as well. Nitsetska, I think oh so. <laughs> and she's got a fascinating story, which we are going to go through on this podcast. I'm going to take you through her little journey. But just to give you a, a little understanding as to, why we are setting up these podcasts. So these podcasts are here to lead and inspire people globally. It's not just where you hear about lingerie-related products, which obviously that's what we do mainly, but it's because of the influential stories that we have that are attached to it. It's not just lingerie, see. It's these things that get people thinking and acting on their lives, Uh, things that are relatable just across the globe from everyone, from women, from men, you wouldn't believe how many people that we touch with our conversations. And today, as I said, we've got Galina with us. Now, Galina is London-based now. She's 28 years old, and her background is in private banking. She's originally from the Ukraine, and she was studying in the UK. She was studying politics economics and Russian at UCL you know your typical which everybody wants to do obviously my gosh that must have been heavy but what I want to do is I, I just want to hear from Galina now hi Galina, can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly hi thank you so much for having me. No thank you for being on honestly um want to really really get stuck into your story now and um what i wanted to know was how old were you then when you came over from uh the ukraine when you studied oh gosh so i actually only
0: spent a very limited amount of time
1: in ukraine um
0: we moved to the netherlands when i was about six years old oh um, stayed there until i was 12 um then we moved to spain my my parents were somewhat traveling gypsies i'm sure they'll hate me for saying this um <laughs> And from Spain, moved to Oxford, where I finished school, and then moved to London for university. So, in
1: the UK since the age of fourteen. So, what what was it that made you choose economics, politics, UCL? I mean, was that obviously your um, not your fascination, but your interest back then?
0: To be honest, um, I initially planned on studying medicine. <laughs> I wanted to become a doctor. I realized how long it would take for me to graduate, and. <laughs> Didn't necessarily enjoy staying in school. Um, I decided to switch to politics and economics, mostly because I wanted to work for the UN. Um, And I think in my application at the time, I said, you know, as a doctor, I would be able to save one life at a time, but as a politician, I could change the world.
1: (laughs) This sounds like a pinky in the brain.
0: (laughs) UCL Radisson said, "Yeah, sure, that makes sense." Um, i could always have an interest in politics and loved mathematics so economics seemed like a natural fit at the time
1: is that what led you to follow to follow banking then
0: yeah exactly i had that background um my sister was also actually working in banking at the time and i saw how she was having an awesome life despite the very long hours which i somehow did not pay enough attention to before stepping into banking
1: well i can i can imagine like, like just woman to woman here okay I could probably, maybe I'm just speaking from my own experience, but I probably saw the dollar signs and I'd think, oh my gosh, there's some serious money to be made in banking.
0: I think that definitely played a part, especially once you look at, you know, I have so much respect for people who go into politics because there really isn't much money in there. And I think having just studied for four years, I looked at the landscape and thought I'm actually ready to have a real career rather than now going into a master's degree for politics, and then PhD, and then hopefully one day getting hired by someone and getting paid, you know, just above minimum wage um, to try and become a good person. I thought like, actually, (laughs) let's jump first. If I go into banking and become a successful banker, it will be much easier for me to transition then into politics and really make a difference. And somewhere along the way, I obviously lost direction and ended up in lingerie.
1: Well, I mean, I I can hear it in your spirit as well, and I can hear in in what you're talking about when you were were growing up there that you wanted to change the world a little bit, didn't you? I thought that seemed like an
0: exciting, you know. I watched a lot of Powerpuff Girls. Okay. <laughs> it, it seemed like. <laughs> and listen, um, this might sound very cheesy. I I think you can change the world with whatever job you undertake. Um whether it's writing books or adding beauty into people 's lives by selling a certain product, I think there are many ways um to change people's everyday experience and then also start changing the way businesses operate if you do it well.
1: I absolutely love that and stand by that that statement wholeheartedly i think you're 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 right and um a lot of what I wanted to do was was life coaching and I wanted to do massive seminars, but you know someone said to me. If you start with one person and impact them, then it's a ripple effect. They'll go on to to affect other people. And of course, with with your kind of business that you're doing now, which we will go on to, ladies and gentlemen, um, what your business is doing now is kind of doing that is word of mouth. Um, obviously, you've got your advertisement marketing, but when people are feeling happy, they are the the greatest kind of advocates. They are the greatest kind of advertising, walking advertisements when they're happy in in what they've got. So you've, you've made a difference to their life then they speak to more people. So there's a ripple effect there and it's also the greatest kind of telltale side in in the end if you want to
0: have a positive influence in people's life if you know if they perceive like you have added value to them and they want to speak to their friends about it then it also points you in the right direction in terms of okay this is working and this isn't what you wouldn't want to do for example in terms of life coaching is fill up a room with thousands of people and then realize that maybe your messaging isn't quite on point yet. Maybe the lessons you want to impart to people aren't quite like settling in the right way yet. So it's almost better to start with a couple of people, one person, and then have that group grow and grow and grow. And as your following is growing, you yourself and your
1: offering is growing. That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean that the head on your shoulders is absolutely brilliant. I could I could listen to you all day, Galina. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, well, I wanted to know because this is what's intriguing. So, how how long were you actually in banking then? About oh, two and a half years, which doesn't seem very long. Um, but I kind
0: of throw myself into anything I do full heartedly. So, wasn't taking holidays. The hours were obviously in, insane, insane. Um, I used to work sometimes in the Middle East so if it was a national holiday in the UK that did not mean time off for me Um, so it was quite
1: an intense experience albeit short. This is where it intrigues me because to many other people they probably looked at you and probably even said to you as well you've made it Galina you know you're traveling the world you're doing these different things you're getting to go on probably private jets or whatever it might be but you know you look like you've made it and Probably a lot of the time you, I don't know, um, I, I'm just guessing here. Do correct me if I'm wrong. But at those times where people are like, oh, you've, you've made it and we're really happy for you. I feel like somewhat of you at that time was probably a little bit like. Mm.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I think we see this in terms of our Instagram culture right now. It's very easy. Like we've all realized this at this stage. It's very easy to look at someone else's life from the outside and think, well, if this, then that means X, Y, Z. <clears throat> and that doesn't always necessarily mean is the case. Um, I was extremely overworked. I was constantly bathing a cold that would never go away. Um, I wasn't doing necessarily anything that I believed in, which when you're dedicating your life to something, it starts playing an important part. Um, then I obviously had the experience of, my mom was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And it really put things into perspective of what matters, what doesn't matter. You know, we constantly hear about life is short, live every day to the fullest, but I don't feel like we necessarily really take that on in how we make decisions in the short term, on long term basis. Um, and I remember coming out of one meeting and everyone was like, you know, you did so well, we closed the deal, and it's fantastic. And just feeling nothing inside, just complete numbness. <laughs> and thinking, I can't, you know, this is not going to work.
1: That's really inspiring just in itself. So yeah, you're right. It's it's then suddenly having this disconnect and you think you start to stab at yourself and feel guilty and you're like, oh my God, I'm taking everything for granted. And why am I not happy? Because, you know, I probably got more than so-and-so. But if it doesn't fulfill you, if it's not making your heart sing, uh, then, you know, you can't force happiness. Absolutely. And listen, I think it's important to
0: find happiness in anything that you're doing but maybe more than that find meaning in the things that you do and if at some point you realize that it's not working for you anymore step out life is life in many ways is like a game and you kind of got to choose what game you want to play um you're never really forced to do anything especially for the fortunate ones of us who live in the western world you know we have a lot more resources available to us and a lot more a lot more choices available to us than many of us are willing to admit to ourselves. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, what how did you go into or why this product? That, that's what really intrigues me. I just think from everything, I mean, you you'd you'd led a corporate lifestyle. It was suits, boots, and what have you. And then so why underneath? What intrigued you about that? Um, I mean, I guess lots
0: of things. A, I was in a very male dominated Environment, So I probably did have quite an attraction afterwards towards a more female focused product and solution. Having worked such long hours, you know, I would see how ridiculous it is that women have to wear these underwired bras that are super uncomfortable. You want to throw them off the moment you come home, you kind of have marks on your skin from them. Same thing with heels, by the way. I feel like there are a lot of products that are designed for women and, and we're supposed to be wearing that are actually super uncomfortable and you especially feel it when you're working very long hours. Um, okay, like let's say finance is mostly run by men, which whether that's due to history or how our you know economy is set up. But a lot of lingerie companies are actually also run by men and designed by men. And a lot of the products that are designed are also for benefit of men in terms of you know they might be very sexy designs but they don't really take the female form or body into account so i really wanted to do something beautiful for women um and that's how we came about with the product we have now which you know really focuses on comfort so we don't use any wiring in our bras Price was obviously something to take into account because I think we all know for some reason women's products are always priced more highly than men's. I wanted women to feel beautiful and sexy, of course, but every time we design something and kind of look at it, if you know our company, we have different names for every set. You know, how do you imagine yourself as a goddess, as a queen, and it's called Empress Mimi. So we wanted the, the design to always kind of really make the woman feel empowered, and then finally was the experience where I thought it would be so nice to receive a gift essentially on the regular, whether someone bought it for you or not, and hence why we went down
1: the subscription box path. I mean, I, I mean, I keep saying wow, that's what I'm noticing, but there's there's so much that you've really thought of. It's not just been this thing where it's like, <clears throat> okay sick of the nine to five sick of being in an office let's just do something for myself here you know you've really thought this through it there's been a gap in the market and feels like when you're talking about Empress Mimi as you say as a brand you're you're fighting for women you're fighting for um well not 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 so much equality but for for us to have our own control to gain back a bit more control for for the feminine side of things but and I think that's absolutely beautiful, especially what you just mentioned there. I think it would surprise a lot of people to come to understand that it is still a male dominated industry. And and this is obviously part of your story that you seem to have been had well you've got this level of awareness Galina um, and it's happened from a young age that you're starting you notice things around you that probably the average person didn't and it used to make you feel uncomfortable and it you know it probably still does in some in some ways but what that's done for you in terms of spirit like I was talking about earlier has made you such a like well no I don't like that and I don't think it should be that and you've gone on to do this which is which is absolutely beautiful. In terms of Fighting for
0: equality or feminism, I think that's also where the path is really going to go more and more towards um, instead of kind of asking for permission and saying like, hey, you know, pay me equally or if you look at the whole hashtag MeTo situation, don't harass me at work. It's starting our own businesses and achieving a position of power and money on our own and then changing the landscape that way. Because I feel like asking for permission, being like, hey guys, uh maybe we two could play a part in these companies. It's
1: a very, very slow um transition from what I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah. I, I can imagine um you've probably had a few people around you that were a little bit like, really? Is, is that what you're gonna do? Like you've got all of this behind you and the head on the shoulders and and this is what you want to do you know how many how many people actually took it seriously when you were first talking about what you wanted to do very few people take <laughs> took me seriously
0: but it's also a general thing that i see with regards to women it's like oh that's nice you have a dream sure sure play with pretty things um and it's it's easy to discard the whole fashion industry in that way but you know, it's a huge industry, and if you look at a company like Victoria's Secret, which is one of the companies that was run by male CEOs and a mostly male board for such a long time, it's billions upon billions. It is, it is not a joke. It's
1: not a you know something that should be that easy to dismiss. I agree with you. I agree with you there. it's it's it feels like, and this is, and, you know, I'm just speaking honestly here because you're speaking so honestly too. Uh, a lot of the commercial work I kind of dropped away in modelling because my background is mo- is in, is in um, modelling. I dropped away from the commercial side because I felt like a product. I felt like a coat hanger and it was just pawns in in the big bosses game. And that's what really made me feel uncomfortable because it just didn't feel that fulfilling for me. I needed so- something with a bit more substance or something where I felt I was delivering something and it was coming from... From me, you know? Exactly. Because it's taking ownership over that of your own life. What a value you can bring. Yeah, which which I really have to believe that you have done that. I mean, what was it like to work full time and grow a business? Because I know there's a few people that are probably like, oh, that's interesting. How on earth? And I know, I know how many um, hours you put into banking. So what was that like?
0: Um. So I was not working full time when I started the business. And I will say And this partially came through my mom receiving this diagnosis and she was given a very short period of time left to live. And at some point, the decision had to be made of what's more important, hopping on another private jet or spending time with the people I love. Um, So I wasn't in that position. What I will say about working full-time and starting a business, whilst working full-time, I would say you can start laying the foundations. You know, the thinking the product through, and how you want to position it. And what you would like to do. All of that actually takes a lot of time. And whilst you're getting a salary from someone else. That's the perfect time to really start laying those foundations. Um, but personally I had
1: left when we really started hitting. You know trying to grow it essentially. Okay so, so it eased up a little bit there on on the pressure. And the the stress of the working for someone else. I think it's very difficult to really grow a business
0: whilst being employed by someone else again i think you can lay the foundations but to really scale something and, and maybe this is my inability to multitask um i really to concentrate and give it all your concentration it's kind of like a full-time child <laughs> that you're taking care of
1: yeah I, I totally agree with you and also the way that the universe works in terms of of energy if, if you think about like a greater force to work because a lot of the time you get what you focus on and if your focuses are in so many different areas you know the universe doesn't know how to work with you and if I don't even need to go like full-on spiritual talk here I just need to talk about energy if you think about what you're putting energy into it flows doesn't it and if you think it's scattered and it's everywhere then it can't be giving the full energy it needs in order for something to to really grow Absolutely. I I really love you for saying this. Um, I think you have to kind of,
0: there's a quote by someone like where, where tension goes, energy flows. Yes. I love that one. I'm a big believer in that. You have to, you have to at some point really decide like, you know, what kind of life do I want to live? What will this look like in five years? Let's say five years down the line. What do I have to do to achieve that? And if that's really your vision for yourself, then, you can't be pursuing another dream and goal at the same time because why would you
1: yeah exactly exactly it's, it's kind of like if you were going for an interview for a normal job to be an employee and you're like yeah I want to be employed by you but um I'm probably going to be on my phone half the time because I'm like into this as well <laughs> exactly exactly I really like giving yourself fully to whatever you choose yeah absolutely and I have to say that you know it's a really touching part of your story with the what you had to go in with the reality with with your mum and such but it's I mean so many people so many people are affected by the big c word you know and um I think with your story I can see that with many different things willpower alone doesn't get people through and you know you're talking about your goals and your plans and maybe that was some sort of internal power that you had that you were like right no, I'm I'm not doing it. But did you face any other struggles growing the business? Uh, like once you left the banking, was there any other struggles that you had? But <laughs> so many. No. Um... <laughs> Listen, I think
0: I think what you realize very quickly is that I was sure I was doing these amazing things in banking, and I felt like I was always achieving so much, but. I had a market, marketing team behind me. I had a team of lawyers behind me. I had accountants behind me. I had directors I could call up for advice. I had CEOs I could call up for advice. You know, you have an entire organizational structure around you to lead you to the right decisions and to help you build whatever it is you're trying to build. Mm-hmm. Once you're setting out on your own, you do not have the structure around you that support network. And I think even on a psychological, emotional basis the the value of being able to speak to people and getting their feedback and getting someone to even review your work and give you honest opinions it Mm. is so so once I left I very quickly realized like oh my gosh (laughs) like sure I did something in banking but really it took an entire village to get me to
1: where I was Um, so that was definitely a wake-up call yeah and it's 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 not only that is it? it's once you're self employed it's you getting yourself up in the morning and making sure that you're actually doing the work and I think one of the things I also learned
0: you know early on, although maybe not early enough, is you can't become the worst boss you have ever had um it's let's say you go to the office and you're not getting along with your colleagues or your boss is you know being terrible. It's such a relief to be able to walk out and to complain about it and say like, well, that's their fault and they should give me more hours or less work or wherever it may be. Once you become your own boss, you never get to step out of that office and say like, God, that is a terrible boss because you are your own boss. (laughs) And so quickly become this, you know, little cage of nightmares you have built for yourself and there's no one to blame except for you. Um, So I always highly recommend, I worked, a lot a lot together with other female CEOs and founders um build a great team around yourself if you can share your pains and struggles with your family and friends that we we are community animals we we need to be surrounded by people and that's definitely something to remember when you step out on your own
1: yeah yeah i agree with you it, the, you are the five people that you you hang around with and of course it's sometimes Some of it is like not being scared to ask for help. You know, you again, when we were talking about the Instagram thing earlier, so many BDI's are watching you. You know, you've got this pressure of like, oh, yeah, you're going to do well, are you? Oh, you're getting a little bit popular now. Oh, that's not too bad. So at some stage, there might be a struggle. There might be something where you're looking outward and thinking, oh, I need a bit of a lifeline here or uh, maybe a kick up the butt or whatever it is. And sometimes it might hold you back from asking, because you just think, no, I'm supposed to know what I'm doing. And I think this has also been a dangerous
0: narrative, especially, I think, for female CEOs and female founders. It's, you know, be a, what is it, boss bitch? Sorry, if I'm not allowed to swear. But... <laughs> <laughs> kind of being told that you can handle everything and you're amazing and everything's wonderful. And although that's a nice narrative to tell, you know, the realities are not that. I had an Instagram account whilst I was building these businesses and my mom was ill during the time, but obviously that's a very personal thing that I wouldn't share on social media. And so anyone looking from the outside in, you just don't know the full story.
1: True story, bro. (laughs) And you're okay to swear, don't worry. I have a terrible potty mouth. (laughs) I unfortunately can't help myself at times. Um, But in terms
0: of, you know, living up to that persona of the woman who can handle it all, it's, it's a dangerous narrative. It's okay to ask for help. And I think it's a similar thing that maybe has landed us in the situation that we're currently in in the workplace where you don't want to seem like you're complaining. So you don't ask for a raise. You don't complain about whatever inappropriate sexual comments might be thrown around the office because god forbid you come across as someone who can't handle it and my advice would be like it's okay if you can't handle it if you feel like you're not handling it ask for help whether you're running your own business or working for someone else
1: yeah exactly and i think that ties in with self-worth more than anything you know um, we get very used to a system, we get very used to being downtrodden, but um, there, there is certainly a difference I, I, in some of my strong female friends as well. And I've always had kind of self-worth issues. And it's strange that when I come across my my strong females who won't take no for an answer, I look at them and I'm a little bit like, oh my gosh, how did you ask that person to do that? Or, or, or ask that person to stop doing this, you know? But it's it's standing up for yourself. yeah. And it's not trying to live up to the image of a superwoman that you have in your head, but
0: actually becoming her requires asking for help and admitting your weaknesses
1: and all of that. Exactly. And, and actually, that's something that's very endearing and relatable to many people because it shows you are human. Well, looking back then, is there anything that you would have done differently? Can we turn back the time? <laughs> um,
0: not a big believer in... Changing in the past. I do believe everything happens for a reason we are where we are, but that aside, um, probably focus more on marketing and selling sooner. Um, a lot of the advice I read about running your own business was really like, you know, write the right SEO article, write some blog articles, and somehow the people will come streaming in and you'll have a business. But the big questions really become... How does your business run in your absence? What kind of process do you have to set up for all of this to run seamlessly? Um, How do you get your product to a place where people love it and are willing to buy it and you don't have to spend a bunch, bunch of money on marketing or advertising to get it into their hands? I think another thing I probably really overestimated was the power of press and PR, essentially. We've had as a company, a lot of really great exposure with magazines, and we were featured on a daytime TV show in the United States. Like, we've been very lucky with that. But actually, the effects of all of that can be achieved just by getting the right marketing and advertising platforms in place, for example, or the right products that people recommend you to their friends. Um, But with press, that's definitely a mistake I see a lot of founders make where you think only we get featured and somehow everything will fly off the shelves. It's not quite that easy. And even if you sell out of one product, that's not a sustainable long plan
1: for the business. It's actually prime things that that people miss. But we do, we get very swept up in this. I don't know, it's, it's exciting, isn't it? It's like, oh, yes, I could do this. And then you start doing it and then you realize Wow, there is so much to this process that I have—I have no idea about. Um, oh, do you know what? That actually leads me on to something else because where we've got in this conversation has been—it's blown my mind, Galina. I think you are absolutely wonderful. I knew you would be wonderful anyway, but the content and how deep we're going here is is something very important for a lot to be listening to. And I would, I I mean, we've only got a couple of minutes left now um, and I don't want to conclude it and and rush and cut you short. I think you have some fantastic things to say. So what I'd like to do is um, as we're concluding this podcast, I'd like to actually invite you back if you would have us. Would you like to come and speak to us again just to go into a bit? more gosh, I would love to. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, fantastic. Okay, well, we'll arrange that for another time then, because there's still so much more to your story. But it's not only your story. It is that (laughs) amazing head on your shoulders. It's the way that you look at the world. It's the way that you you see things. And um, most importantly, like I was talking about earlier, it's what you're aware of and what you absorb. You're like, ooh. That's not right. We've moved on from there, and no one else is going to have a, a voice. So I'm going to say it, and you're you're quite vocal, which is great. <laughs> which <laughs> means... i trouble before, I'm sure, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's great because what people need is they need someone who doesn't just stand up for themselves, but you're standing up for everybody, you know. Um, and that's what you're doing is as you're going along, you're bearing all. Um, you're, you're showing your vulnerability in your, in your story and you're, you're standing up for it in, in terms of, I'm not scared to say what's happened. I'm not shying away from it. And, you know, um, I need this here. I need that there. And all of what this is doing is educating the public into thinking, oh my God, maybe I could do something like this. I hope so. I hope so. Listen, in terms of being vocal and getting into
0: trouble, um, this is a terrible example, so excuse me. Um, I, you know, the Trump, <laughs> the Trump presidency really affected me because I looked at him and thought, this is one very unqualified man in many in many ways for this job. But he went out there and got it and, you know, says what he thinks, for better or for worse. Um, and you see the power in that. And yes. suddenly you think like, well, if he can do this, then, and and again coming back to the feminism and equality thing, like if this man thought he was qualified enough for this job, then all of us should really just step up and go get whatever it is our hearts desire.
1: That is that's the best way to end this. I love that, <laughs> and I love that you use Trump as an example. At that time. <laughs> oh my god, it has been such a pleasure to virtually meet you and speak to you i am going to invite you back as i said so um what listen listeners watch out we will be uh, going through another podcast with the lovely galena and explaining more about her product what's to come and more on her life story but thank you so much galena thank you this has been a lot of fun thank you so much Awesome. And thank you so much to our listeners, too. All right, everybody. Thanks again. Take care. Bye.